Welcome to the First Time Bible Teacher Podcast, a podcast brought to you by BrianRHiggins.com. Today's episode begins a series going through the different parts of a message, talking about how to think about introductions, conclusions, illustrations, different things like that, the different building blocks that will create your message. And today we start at the beginning, talking about introductions, how to think about them well, and then specifically how to use them well. A good introduction can be the difference between someone really zoning in on what you have to say throughout the course of your teaching and someone completely ignoring you and zoning out and thinking about anything else during the time that you're teaching. Introductions are something that sway people. When you are going to teach, there is going to be a percentage of people in most situations that are just going to listen to you no matter what. They're so interested in the Bible. They're so interested in learning about God. They are so interested in you perhaps as a person and just what you have to say that no matter what you do in your introduction, you could stumble up on stage. You could say, all right, I'm going to talk about God. And they're going to be like, yes, I'm in. Let's do that. Some of those, some people you will never need to convince. They will just always be in. There are some people that you will never be able to convince. They will show up for whatever reason, already determined to not listen to you, already completely not caring about anything you would have to say. Probably 80% of people are somewhere in the middle. They're willing to listen if they're convinced to listen, but they're also willing to tune out or unable to keep listening, maybe a better way to say it, if you don't bring something interesting to them. And one of the first places you do that, or the first place you do that, is your introduction. It's where you can really answer a couple big questions for people. And So we're going to break down the purpose of an introduction, some good practices within an introduction, and then some practical tips beyond that. All three things start with P. This is good. Alliteration is key. First, talking about the purpose of an introduction. I want to frame this in two questions. You want to be asking yourself as you're crafting your introduction, and you want to be answering for your audience as you teach your introduction, why this teaching matters and what your people will gain from listening to that teaching. So first you're answering, why does this teaching matter? And this Sometimes people look at it and they just say, it matters because it's the Bible. It matters because we're at church. It's ma- it matters because, you know, all those different reasons. That works for some people, but that doesn't work for everybody. When I say, why does this message matter? I mean, your topic that you're talking about. You can say that a topic or a passage on forgiveness matters because it's in the Bible. And that's certainly true, but you would more so want to say, A teaching on forgiveness matters because learning to forgive and when to forgive is one of the most difficult things in the world. Because when we look at forgiveness, it's this beautiful picture that people flock to. And for many reasons, uh, for many people, they don't know why. You know, there's all these different big picture issues that surround forgiveness. You want to point people to what's at stake when it comes to forgiveness, if that happens to be the thing that you're teaching on. You know, if you're teaching on greed, you want to make some real practical examples about why greed is a bad thing and why it matters. You want to invite people into the ideas that you're about to present. You want to be able to make them say, okay, I get what topic is coming and I get why that topic is important. So you want to be answering, why does this teaching matter? 
beyond that, you want to be answering, what will the listener gain from this time? What are they going to be able to walk away with? If I'm just told going to church, greed is bad, and you're going to listen to why greed is bad, I already agree with that. I don't gain anything from that. That doesn't help me. You know, it's nice to be reminded about things that are sinful so that I can try not to go and do those things, but I'm already in your camp. What am I going to get out of this teaching? You need to go a step beyond to be able to pull some people in. So you, you why this matters, greed is a big thing. What, am, what are you going to gain from this? Maybe you're going to see where greed is in your heart that you may not expect. Maybe you're going to learn that greed works in ways that you may not be thinking about. Maybe you're going to learn the proper response to greed or all sorts of different things. You can go in all sorts of different directions, but your introduction is answering for people those two main things. Why does this teaching matter? What will I gain from this time? Now, when most people are thinking about introductions, they're thinking about trying to pull people in and make them a part of what's going on. And that's very true. You do want to create some engagement. You want to create some interest in what's going on. You you want to set up for people what's coming next. But if you're thinking about it just in terms of, I need to make people excited, you could say all sorts of different things that are completely unrelated to your message that are exciting. If you're answering for people why this teaching matters and what they will gain from that time, then you're not just exciting them, you're exciting them for what comes next. You're exciting them for the biblical principles that you're about to share with them. And that's ultimately what you want to be accomplishing in your introduction. Some big picture practices for your introduction. Uh, Intros are a perfect time to be able to give background. Um, So one of the things that I'll do in a lot of teachings is the the first part of my introduction is going to be introducing major themes. So if I'm teaching out of the life of David, I'm going to first in my introduction talk about whatever theme I'm pulling from that passage whether it's friendship with Jonathan and David or whether it's mercy when David spares Saul or you know whatever the the different theme I'm pulling out first that's where I'm going to begin. I'm going to start with here's what this message is going to be about. And then before I actually dive into the scripture, I'm going to give the background. I'm going to say 1 Samuel is a book about blah, blah, blah. And that's where I'll give whatever history, whatever context needs to be given. If I'm kind of just diving into a book midway through the book, I want to create a little bit of a picture of what that book is all about for people so that it's fresh in their minds, so that they're really aware of what they're jumping into. It's great to give that in your introduction and do that normally after you've given the main two-question answer. Why does this teaching matter and what are people going to gain from it? One of the other things that I think is really key to give to people in your introduction is your main structure. I remember when I was first learning to teach, one of the things a great mentor of mine would always say is in your teaching, you're telling people where you're going, then you're going there, and then you're telling people where you went. And you want to make it clear all three times. In your introduction, You want to let everything out of the bag. You want to let the main points go. You want people to know here's what's coming next. You know, good preaching is not like a good TV show. There should not be spoilers. You are the one revealing all that. 
you want to lay all of that out there at the beginning, that here's the main place we're going, here's the main way we're getting there, because as you give people that in your introduction, you're preparing them for that information to come next. One of the things that often happens is that Bible teachers will hit a particular new point. They'll bring something up that's you know, a surprise in the text as you're reading it along the way, or it's it's a new idea compared to what the rest of the text is talking about, and they wait for that moment to bring it up or to bring up where we might be headed without really sitting in that period, without giving that passage or giving that verse the moment that it needs to be taken in. Your introduction is one of the places you can start giving people that time before you get there. Before you hit that, here's the big moment, or here's the big idea, or here's whatever, you know, you can give people that in your introduction and say, here are three big things we're going to see today. We're going to watch this happen in David's life, we're going to watch David respond in this way, and we're going to ultimately see how God honors that because of blah, blah, blah. These are all very just vague examples right now that I know I'm giving you, but you want to give people that main structure. You want to get them ready for what comes next, which also leads to this. With your introduction, you want to know how you are flowing it into your first point. You want to know where your introduction is over and where the material of your message begins, where you're really diving into the heart of the text. Now, sometimes That is a very abrupt change. I know a lot of times when I'm teaching, I'm reaching the end of my introduction. Uh, Currently, we're teaching through Nehemiah on Wednesday nights. So there are times where my introduction comes to an end. And the way that it flows is we're going to watch all of this in Nehemiah chapter four. So look at verse one with me where it says this. And then I just begin reading. Sometimes it is a really abrupt change like that. That's okay. That's not that big of a deal. You can make that work as long as things are clear to the people that you're preaching to. When it becomes this thing of you finish a point and you're like, uh, okay, so now let's dive in. When you do that, it kind of kills the flow that you've created and killed perhaps the energy that you've created with Uh, all that you've done in your introduction. So really make sure you know how it flows. Uh, One of the things you're doing in that introduction is you're giving people confidence in you as a teacher. And so when you flow naturally from one point to the next, or specifically from your introduction into your first point in the message, the people that are listening to you are going to hear that and they're going to say, all right, I'm in with this person. I can follow that guy. I am ready for what they have to say. You want to create that for people. A couple things that you should avoid. First, your introduction should not be terribly long. Some people work very hard to make introductions uh, dramatic or make them really big or grand or well-crafted or they want to throw in a ton of interesting stories or they want to bring in a ton of different uh, material for people to really be able to chew on or different things like that. Ultimately, let's remember we're Bible teachers. We're not just here to teach biblical concepts. We're here to teach the Bible itself. We want to be presenting people with God's word, not just our own words. So I try to keep my introductions to about five minutes or less. 
I find that if I go beyond that mark, I'm normally wandering or, and I'm just kind of giving my own mini TED talk. And that's not what we're here to do. I, I, I wander into that from time to time. And I always try to cut myself short if I ever get that far and begin moving into the biblical material itself, because that's what I'm there to present people with. And so your introduction is huge. It's important. It really matters, but it is not the biggest part of the message. What you're really there to do is just deliver God's word to people. Your introduction as well should not be filled with a bunch of new concepts for people. Introductions are often where you begin to make your bridge from the current world we live in into the Bible. You want to start with what's familiar for people. If, if you're teaching the biblical truth, just looking at our culture today, you are preaching something that is going to be very new for a lot of people. They are not going to really have that eternal heavenly grasp, even for people that have been walking with Jesus for a long time. Just setting our mind on eternal things is difficult. That's why Paul had to command us to do it in Colossians, because we don't naturally. We naturally just look at what's in the world around us. We naturally just focus on the temporal things. And Sometimes you can really use temporal things to bring people into eternal concepts. But if your introduction begins with four really dense, really packed theological ideas, that may be too much for people. And they may look at you and judge in the introduction, oh, so this is a message I'm not going to understand. Got it. And then just check out and completely zone out and miss out on anything that you would need to say. You want to make sure you're building a bridge with people so that you can then pull them into the different things that you're going to be sharing about the scriptures. Last thing I would say to avoid, avoid showing your nervousness at all. Teaching the Bible can be a nerve-wracking thing. It can be a scary thing. It's something that uh, normally brings out anxiety in people, just doing anything in front of people. You know, we talk about stage fright and we literally go onto a stage all the time to be able to share the Bible with people. Do your best to have a really confident tone of voice. I'll always remember listening to Jerry Seinfeld. I'm a big fan of his. He would talk about how anything you do on a stage is about managing fear. That if you are on stage and people can tell that you are afraid, they will become afraid. And then they're no longer listening to what you have to say. They're just judging how well you do in that moment. And that's true of his own comedy, but it's also true of us as preachers. When we go up there and we're nervous and we're scared, people stop paying attention to the words we're saying and they start just thinking about, oh, I hope he does well in this moment. So if you go up there with a really confident, really strong tone of voice, you can really do a lot to help bring people's fear level down and make it easier for them to come along with you. A couple closing practical tips. Your first line matters. I always try to go on stage fully knowing what my opening sentence is. I want to know word for word what I am saying in my opening sentence. For some of you, if you're going to be a manuscript preacher, you're going to know what every sentence is, and that's great for you. If you're not a manuscript preacher, you're going to go up there and find different things along the way, and that's great. I think there's a lot of freedom that comes with that, and I think there's some really good things that uh, come from that style of preaching, but... One of the things you need to have is that opening line really nailed down. Know how you are opening this. 
because if you try to find that line in the moment, that could go very bad for you. And if you fumble the first line, you're going to fumble the second line and you're going to spend five or six sentences just getting your feet under you. And at that point, you may have already thrown the or thrown the introduction for a lot of different people and perhaps thrown yourself off and just put yourself into this state of nervousness. So if you know your opening sentence, sometimes you convince yourself. I know that's happened with me before where I've gone into a message really nervous or like I learned some stuff right as I was going in and my mind was in a thousand places and I went up and I prayed and I gave my opening sentence and I heard and I thought, ooh, that's good. I like that. I'm in for that message. And it's calmed myself down sometimes and given me some confidence to be able to keep going. So really nail that first line down. For introductions, stories and illustrations are great to open, but don't get predictable. You know, if you are doing something that's interesting or creative, it becomes easy to make that your standard or your go-to. And you want to have varied introductions. You want to be able to pull in different things from different sources. Um, So I will tell different personal stories from my own life to try and illustrate a concept before we dive into it biblically. I will look at just current events and culture and try and pull in some different illustrations to make clear where we're headed next. One of my favorite places to go for introductions is Yahoo Odd News. If I have everything else figured out, I'll just go on Odd News real quick. I'll look up some stories, and sometimes you get nothing, but a lot of times you get just really wacky, interesting stories that make people think, what is he talking about? And and pull them into what you're saying, uh, and it just goes a really long way sometimes. So you want varied introductions. Don't just get caught up in, it has to be a story about myself, or it has to be a story from this, or it has to be a story at all. You want to be able to do a whole bunch of different things. And then last, your introduction should mostly be in your head. You want to be able to be off notes. You want to be present in the room. You want to be able to make eye contact with people and show them you're interested in them, not just in delivering your message or figuring out your message or anything like that. You're interested in the people that you get to share with. Because when we have well-crafted introductions that let us be present in the room with people, it makes them more receptive to what we have to say, which opens the door for us to be able to preach the Bible effectively to them. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked anything you heard, please pass this along to friends and family or people that are in your church that you think may be interested in Bible teaching. You can find out more information about this podcast and find related writings at brianrhiggins.com and you can listen and subscribe on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.